0: Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ.
1: Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis.
0: And I'm Margaret Michael.
1: Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Gabriel Montanez. Gabriel, how are you doing today?
2: It's going all right. We're hanging in there.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today, and Gabriel is here today to share his testimony with us. Gabriel, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up.
2: I'm originally from a smaller city in central Illinois, but my family moved here when I was still a little baby, um, and I've just been here in the Shenandoah Valley um, ever since. I grew up in a Christian family, been in the church um, the entire time, my dad is a pastor here. That's just kind of the life I grew up in.
0: I remember the first Sunday that your dad showed up to maybe check us out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember him standing in the back of the sanctuary. Uh, so yeah, I remember about the time that journey began. So yeah. you, you were just a baby. Yep.
2: In I those was days, really little, probably maybe a year old, if that.
0: Yeah. So you grew up under Pastor Vic, right, in Children's Church? Yeah,
2: I grew up under Pastor Vic in Children's Church, and Lenora as well. We called her Pastor Lenora. Oh, yeah. But, yeah.
0: So do you have memories um, coming to church, anything specific stand out in your early days of going to church? Um, Like a Sunday school teacher, obviously, Lenora— and Pastor Vic mm-hmm. were instrumental, in Merlin, right? Yeah. Merlin, the uh, the rabbit, Pastor Vic carried around. Anything you want to share about those years, just growing up, kind of coming to church with your parents?
2: One thing I still remember that I loved was, like, the worship songs. And I know not every kid loved that, but I was one of the kids who did, and I thought that was, like, so awesome. I remember at VBS, one of my favorite things to do was just kind of stand at the front and, you know, worship your heart out, sing what I could, even if it wasn't only the right words, you know. Yeah. But um, those are the things that I still remember.
0: Worship just being mm-hmm. a really important part of definitely the experience of coming to church. That's good. You grew up here. Um, where did you go to school?
2: Um, I went to school first at Peak View Elementary, then they built the new elementary school. So I went to Cub Run and stayed in the same district. Montevideo, Spotswood, all the way until I graduated. Very
1: good. And uh, Gabriel, one of the, Pastor Margaret was talking about the first time she remembers your dad coming here. Well, I've known your family since mm-hmm. before you were even born yeah. uh, because my dad and your dad went to Bible College together in Colorado. And I actually remember when dad called your dad about coming and mm-hmm. being a part of the pastoral staff here. And he said, uh, you know, what are you up to? And he said, I'm rocking the baby. And dad's like, what? Uh,
0: <laughs> it was Gabriel. It was Gabriel. Yeah. And, that was sweet.
1: And uh, dad was surprised. And I think your dad said, we're just as surprised as you are. So Yeah, that so, definitely
2: uh, wasn't an... Uh, I don't want to say it's not planned because God had something right, in mind from the yeah. beginning, but it definitely wasn't what they had intended.
0: Right. I had um, three brothers, uh, one 12, one 10, and one five years older than me. Mm-hmm. And then I was the surprise that come along when my mom was about 40. So I have a feeling that you and I could probably have some conversations yeah. about what it's like to be that surprise child. <laughs> not surprise to God, but a surprise to our families. That's awesome. I didn't realize that we had that in common.
1: Well, the Bible says that the plans he has for us are better than the plans we have for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just anything else? Um, maybe you shared about growing up in kids' church with Pastor Vic and menorah and maybe your teen years. Is there any, when you came to Christ, when you made the decision personally for yourself, not just coming because you were with your parents or with your siblings or whatever, but just anything that sticks out as a maybe a, any impactful story or anything you remember that really with your faith journey was really important?
2: I know just across my faith journey um, growing up, I was looking back on it and it's not something that is uncommon per se, especially um, in families who have, you know, stayed um, in the church and have raised their kids in the church. But um, there was never really a moment um, in my childhood that was defining rather I would say it was more of a series of them that would you mm-hmm. know, progressively just continue to lead me in the right direction. More and more moments of realization or growth or experiences that, kind of like I said, just keep drawing you to the Lord and what He has for you.
0: So has worship been something that has been a part of those? Like worship as a kid was something that was yeah. really important for you. Um, I see you worshiping now. hmm how has worship played a part in your journey?
2: I'd say alone in my journey, one thing that worship has really helped me realize is that God doesn't ask us to feel like worshiping when we worship. It's just something that he asks us to do because it's something that he delights in. And so, you know, that's still hard to do. You know, it's very easy to say, but it's, um, even at this age, it's You've probably heard it before, but when people say that your feelings don't matter to God, it's not that God actually doesn't care how you feel, but it's that He doesn't ask you to only worship when you feel a certain way. And that's definitely something that um, I've been learning to do much, much better.
0: Yeah. I'm reminded in the Old Testament of King Jehoshaphat when he was going out against three armies, and they went out and worshipped. They were going Mm -hmm. into battle against three armies coming against them. And you know, they put the choir in front of their army, and they sang as they went, and God defeated the enemy before they got mm-hmm. there. Um, I think that speaks volumes to, yeah, do you think they felt like worshiping that morning?
2: Probably not. Probably
0: not. <laughs> um, but God shows up when we have the faith to step in. And worship in hard times, and worship when it doesn't make sense. I just think He shows up in miraculous ways because that's steps of faith for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I hear you, and I know that those listening understand it too. Um, this is this is not an easy journey. We've been told in Scripture that we'll struggle, that we'll have hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the truth. That's the truth of it. But God has also said that He'll meet us in our pain, and mm-hmm. that makes it worthwhile. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, Gabriel, as you were talking about, you know how God has like told you to worship even if you don't mm. feel like worshiping I was thinking about how worship isn't always a feeling; it's a choice. We Absolutely. choose to worship. Yeah. And would you say that maybe worship has helped you, especially in those times where you didn't feel like worshiping? Of course. Um, kind of digging a
2: little bit deeper into that. Um, just in those moments. It's a constant reminder of how even though I don't feel good, God is still good. And that's why I'm worshiping. Um, and really, that's just the essence of it. And it's simple, but it's also easy to forget. Um, so granted, I'm, I can't say that I'm the best at remembering. Well, well we're all human. Right? But, yeah. You know,
0: It's easy in this world, and especially in these days, to have our view uh, looking horizontal instead of vertical. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to get caught up in the things of the world and the things in front of us and the things that we have to do and forget that God just wants to help us through it. And I love, someone said one time, and I loved it, that God becomes a lifter of our head. And I think that's why when we worship, it's such a reminder because the words we sing, Mm -hmm. that makes a difference. We remember music and we remember those words and they come to us in those times. And that's really important to even when we don't feel like it, uh, lean yeah. into the Lord and um, He will be faithful.
1: Well, Gabriel, any other... I know you said that you didn't have like one specific moment where, you know, you came to Christ maybe or made a decision. It was kind of a just a building on different events. Just any stories, whether it be serving others or a part of the youth group, small group... You know, winter retreats, fall retreats that you just any fond memories that you have from growing up years, teen years. I definitely
2: say um, this was a lot more recent than I was thinking, but not this past July. That's right. But Mm -hmm. in 2019, um, when there was the International Youth Conference NYC. But that was a very influential moment, you could say, in my faith. That is one defining moment that I can think of. Um, And it does tie into what we were just talking about, how it doesn't matter what I feel like um, and how a certain level of trust is required just to keep going. Mm -hmm. But that was a really very, very defining moment that hopefully (laughs) will also be explained later when you guys have any more questions.
0: That's good. Would you want to share about that, what that was like for you since we're here? We can just talk about it. Sure, sure, sure.
2: Yeah, like I said, it was the very defining moment, and specifically one moment, I remember one of the few and far between, but I remember the room that my small group got was at the very top of a hotel that was maybe about 20 stories high, so you got a very good view of the city. Everybody had gone to sleep, but I didn't, and we left the curtains open all the time, so you could see all the lights and everything happening mm-hmm. on the ground, and... At that moment, it kind of just where God had used feelings and kind of external factors to get me uh, in a certain mindset. And then I realized what he was actually trying to say um, because I was up and I was in front of that window and I felt kind of alone, like isolated. And it really got me, my head to turn to God and what he was trying to say. And it was really, it was very interesting. That's what I'll say, because it's definitely not what I had expected, but while I was feeling kind of the consequences of not dealing with issues of the past properly, feeling relapses is the best way I know how to put it mm-hmm. of, I guess, very, very intense depression. It was very difficult. Just addictions coming from my past as well. And then forward to the front, having to confront that, all the kind of stuff that you tuck away and you don't want to deal with, and that mm-hmm. you really, if you would admit it, are actually running from. Mm-hmm. And It was almost as if God just had kind of said, you know, you're alone, you know, in your hotel room. You're thinking there's nobody else. Like, look, kind of look out. The moment you step out that door tomorrow morning, like, are you going to be ready? Is it like, you know, it's like a yes or no question. You know, God's got the rest. All Mm -hmm. you got to say is yes or no. And, you know, he's going to lead me. And it was, I mean, my answer was yes. And it's a very difficult yes, even to this day. It's a continual Mm, yes. But, yeah.
0: That's awesome. You know, Everything that we deal with, you've said, you know, the addictions and the things of the past that, um, that you were fighting against, it's those things trying to come in and take the place of the divine mm-hmm. love of God. Definitely, yeah. And they do continue to fight for our attention. Mm-hmm. And, but knowing that it is so important and it is so awesome to hear you at such a young age understand surrender. Yeah. It is a daily decision. Uh, Sometimes it's a moment by moment, right? It's a moment by moment decision. And it is a decision. Holiness, you know, and surrender, they sound like really big words, and they are, but it's really just about being in relationship with God that's pure Mm -hmm. and being in relationship with humans that's pure, right? Isn't that holiness? Mm -hmm. That's all it is. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. But when you really break it down, uh, and it's trusting God to walk us through. Mm -hmm. those valleys jesus was tempted we're all tempted Mm -hmm. there is no sin in temptation but it is what we do out of those that's Mm -hmm. and that's where that surrender is just so important that we understand that god wants to he wants to fill that void in our life so that we don't have to go to something else definitely to Mm -hmm. fill it that's powerful
1: Well, Gabriel, just anything that you'd like to share on how God has continually been faithful, especially since that time at NYC in July of 2019, how he has helped, you know, you said you had overcome things from the past, just, you know, because the enemy is constantly trying to get us discouraged or down or depressed, but the Lord is there for us, and he's bigger than those struggles Mm -hmm. or bigger than those temptations is pastor margaret was saying and he provides a way out so just any way that would provide encouragement or good news to those listening just how god has been faithful to you you know since that time yeah yeah yeah.
2: well i mean it really varies i can say especially for me from day to day just how god has been faithful um in each and every day but over the course it's i mean i don't i don't know how else to say it even when i don't feel like god has been faithful Mm -hmm. god has been faithful I can't say that all of my personal plans have succeeded because, you know, our ways are not His ways. Mm -hmm. But one thing that really kind of sticks out to me is actually my upcoming mission that I'm about to go on. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm leaving here September 1st, but I heard about it at one point. Um, This is before I had committed, but I had heard about it and I thought, that sounds pretty cool, you know? Somebody else is going on that trip, you know, they're gonna have fun. I'm I'm happy mm-hmm. for them. And then I couldn't, I couldn't, I could it's almost like I couldn't get it out of get it out of my face. On social media, I was hearing about it, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, through people who I had worked with that I didn't even know were believers who had come up to me and say, Hey, have you heard about World Race? Just it was like, Wow, you know, maybe I should check it out. So I decided to check it out and you know, click the submit button. I was thinking, you know, okay, God, you know, maybe this ain't it, but um, if it is, I'm willing to go. And so then that's where it started getting a little bit more complicated because instead of being accepted right away, it took me about two weeks and back and forth conversation between an admissions advisor to be accepted. Um, and then I found out that it would require me to have a regular Mentorship, in order to be accepted, and then I found out about the fundraising deadlines, and then I found out about all the stuff I had to have, and then I found out um, about how I'm probably not spiritually prepared for this trip, um, and so it was just a lot, and it kept. Um, again, it wouldn't it wouldn't go away. It kept coming back. But then, what also kept coming back was the doubt and just mm-hmm. kind of the struggle that would also come with that, and. So I guess to answer your question, Grayson, God has been faithful because for every single one of those potential setbacks, Mm -hmm. there has been a way through that God has provided. Um, Obviously not my way, um, but the way that God has provided. And he has been 100% faithful through this time.
0: And I think that's the beautiful thing is when we step out in faith, I think of Peter stepping out of the boat and Jesus, you know, I'm sitting here looking at a picture mm-hmm. actually of that and in that moment you know Peter walks on water but there's moments that the doubt comes and mm-hmm. what happens
1: and um, he yeah
0: he sinks a little and it's just that I think those are the reminders that hey wait a minute I can't do this mm-hmm. right. only God mm-hmm. only God can do this through me and Um, sometimes we just have to pivot and figure out what's the next move Mm -hmm. like where do I pivot from here where do I you know where's the next stepping stone that I need to step on in faith Mm -hmm. and instead of trying to figure out how I'm going to make it happen because Mm -hmm. you'll get to the end of this and you'll go I don't know how this came together Mm -hmm. where did the money come like it just Mm -hmm. it happens and this isn't your first mission trip you've been Mm -hmm. on a few mission trips um But since we're on this one, I would like for you just to tell us a little bit about the world race. And then, obviously, it doesn't look quite like you thought it was going to look, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the world race and what they do.
2: Um, In a non-pandemic stricken world, the World Race Gap Year, which is the mission that I will embark on um, very soon is a nine-month mission trip, typically with the training session in July and I launch internationally in September. That was the original plan. I know some of you that might be listening might have gotten a letter from me personally asking for spiritual and financial support, but now what it's looking like that the world is pandemic-stricken. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we no longer had um, our training session in July, and we will not launch internationally in September. However, in September, I will move down to Georgia, um, and I will be there for about three three or so months. Half of that time probably living in a tent, the rest of that time living in a shipping container or an office building, one of the two. Mm-hmm. But during that time, we will be training for missions Locally, and a lot more focused on personal spiritual growth. So while that's happening, it will kind of be like a training session for anything else that's to Mm -hmm. come down the road. Um, And what I'm really looking forward to is I know that it will also really put into perspective, especially for me personally, just what missions in the States looks like because missions outside and missions inside the States tend to look very, very different. And then... Coming home for the holidays, um, maybe about three weeks to a month-ish, not entirely sure because we don't know when we're supposed to launch internationally, Mm -hmm. but the goal um, at this point, which may change, is to come back from a quick holiday break um, in December to launch internationally in January.
0: Very good. So once you, uh, by the way, shipping containers, I think they can be really cool. They they can, you can make some really cool Definitely. things out of shipping containers. I tried to talk my husband into making a cabin out of one, but he would not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he didn't, he, he didn't really want to live in a shipping container. So what will it look like, say you all launch and you're able to go internationally, if that happens in January, what will that look like?
2: I know our route is, it was considered the, like the, I don't know how to explain the children's route. Okay. Um, because we would be working a lot of hands-on ministry, um, with kids, with nannies, with moms, um, and partnering with local mission um
0: organizations.
2: Yes, organizations, thank you. Um, that are already set up in the area. So in Swaziland, I know we didn't exactly get very much we didn't get a lot of information on what we would be doing in Swaziland or now called Eswatini, mm-hmm. but I know it would be working with kids and um, like I stated, moms, nannies just in the area partnering with local ministry organizations um, to help them. I know orphanages in that area mm-hmm. are typically very um, overcrowded, yeah um, in Ethiopia. I could for sure say that. I remember watching a video of somebody who had gone on a route similar to mine, except last year, um, and in Ethiopia they had their they had their huts on their orphanage base, and that the orphanage was the ministry that they were mm-hmm. kind of partnering with. Yeah. But that was, it was so sweet just to see the kids running around and you know, helping them cut the grass, helping them with their gardens, helping them with cooking, mm-hmm. cleaning, just. Easing the burden off of the yeah. caretakers that were there, and you know, helping with construction, whatever on the mm. side that also needed to be done. Um, in Cambodia, if you want me to be honest, I have no idea. Yeah. At this point, I can't really say because I know um, the mission organization that um, I'm going through on this mission doesn't actually have a missions base mm. in Cambodia. So it would be a much more it's a bit more of a last minute um, thing. Um, but I know that some groups have actually stayed in tents in Cambodia. Um, that, sounds, that sounds fun <laughs> to say the least. But same as the two countries in Africa just um, working alongside ministries that are already already set up, already organized over there so that we can further our impact and outreach um, yeah. in, in evangelizing. Yeah,
0: I think that is so wise um, that they partner. You all are a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. when you get there, you know? Mm-hmm. You are some exhale for those in ministry. And I think it's a beautiful way to be able to come around and undergird a ministry that is there long-term, doing the hard work, mm-hmm. um, how great that must be for them to see a group of uh, young people coming in to just to be the love of Christ and learn and I do want to say, before I forget, I think it's really neat that you have the three months that you have before you leave. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that you just weren't sure if you were spiritually yeah. ready. And now you have three months of mm-hmm. uh, soaking and mm-hmm. learning and getting your spiritual feet down yeah, um, under you and that foundation firmed up um, before you go further i see that as maybe even a blessing absolutely in, in yeah. the midst of a pandemic
2: it was hard to it was hard to see at first as a blessing mm-hmm. but definitely now mm-hmm. um that some time has passed after that decision was made um, about how um, beneficial and influential um, those three months are actually going to be
0: yeah i certainly want to talk to you when you get back because i very interested in the difference in the states and mm-hmm. internationally and believe that we have such a call to minister to our country too Uh, so it'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see and hear what you've learned
1: well gabriel thank you for sharing and that was a cool point pastor margaret brought up that you know initially you would have just had a small training in july but now Mm -hmm. it's it might be a little bit of a bummer that you're not going to be overseas as long but it provides more time for training and preparing and growing deeper in your faith what are some prayer requests that Those listening or we could be in prayer for you about as you prepare to leave to go on this trip. Oh, I am glad you asked
2: because I did have some in mind. Although I might have treaded lightly, per se, um, on the sharing aspect of my testimony, um, I would like to say that there is definitely a lot more to the story there Mm -hmm. and to how I got to where I am. Mm -hmm. So just restating um, addictions depression. I go as far as identity, um, and even just thoughts of suicide at some point. Um, Those are really the things that come back. Like you said, they continue to relentlessly fight for um, yet another piece of my life that I really don't have to spare, if I'm honest. Um, But I know that those things are going to be hard to deal with um, along this race. Because even though you kind of expect everything to be left behind when you leave. It, do, it doesn't work like that, yeah. and um, that is definitely how you could be praying for yeah. me during this time that I could keep moving forward and kind of, you know, shield the faith. You know, block out what the devil's trying to do so that I can yeah. continue to focus yeah. on where the Lord would like me to go.
0: Yeah, um, I'm reminded of a scripture in Zechariah two five. It says, "I, the Lord, have a wall of fire around mm-hmm. Jer- Jerusalem, and the glory that shines from within." And I pray that over you right now. Thank you. Um, that wall of fire, uh, representative of the shield of wall of grace, and we've been adopted into that mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. believers into the family mm-hmm. of God, and we can we can pray that, believing that God does put that around us, that wall of fire, that wall of grace, um, so that the, the darts that the enemy wants to shoot at you will mm-hmm. be burned away before they get to you. Mm-hmm. And I know that you will give him all the glory um, mm-hmm. as you get through those places. And so definitely, uh, thank you for being vulnerable mm-hmm. and just sharing the things that you desperately need prayer yeah. for. Thanks, yeah. And, uh, you know, the enemy is going to come at us, because God has a great plan for us, but so does the enemy, and that's not to be in God's plan. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, um, I told someone the other day, when you meet the enemy, you know you're going in the right direction, right. but it's mm-hmm. no fun yeah. to meet him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, keep up the faith and the fight, and don't be afraid to reach out and say, "Hey, I need prayer." You know, I know you have people around you, mm-hmm. but Um, Reach back um, here, too, if you need to um, ask for that prayer support um, in a deeper way.
1: Well, Gabriel, thank you for joining us today and sharing your testimony. Just in closing, I believe you have a blog through the world race Mm -hmm. that you're doing. If you would just like to share that information and I'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: My blog, it's actually really easy to remember because it's just my name and then the domain. Um, So it's gabriomontanez.theworldrace.org and that's it. Um, So if you feel led to donate, please do not hesitate because (laughs) financial support, yes, I need it. However, please pray for me as well if you feel led also. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just race org
0: And we can give there. We can hear or see how you're doing. You'll need yes, directions yes, yes. to give on mm-hmm. your website.
2: Um, it's actually easy. There's just an orange donate button. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got to click it. Um, click the button. And I also have, um, obviously, it's a blog. Right. Um, so if you're ever wondering where I'm at in my spiritual journey or um, just kind of what I'm doing along the way, that's definitely um, probably the best place that you could hear from that.
0: Very good. Yeah. Very good.
1: Thank you for sharing that, and I'm sure that'll help people that are interested to keep up with your journey mm-hmm. and also they'll know how to pray for you better along Definitely, the way yeah. by reading those. So, uh, Gabriel, thank you for joining us today. It's been wonderful to hear your testimony. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that as you have heard Gabriel Montanez share his testimony, that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg-Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.